Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby right back at ya. Follow us on at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, but we'll have occasional tweets just updating about when the podcast episodes are out, doing the occasional tweets so people remember the podcast exists, and like maybe trying to grab new people as well with that. But it's mainly going to follow Kirby fan artists and retweet their art whenever we're not tweeting about the podcast. And in case you didn't miss it, last episode was podcast episode 10.5, and it covered the history of HAL Labs and everything about the first Kirby game, Kirby's Dreamland. So that was a heck of a time to learn about all that stuff. It's a really good listen, so check that one out if you haven't already. So first up, let's do some Kirby news, and that's got to be about the Good Smile Company. They're making a third Kirby Nendroid, that's pretty cool, and this time it's going to be Beam Kirby, and it'll be yellow. A lot of different companies are taking pre-orders with different release dates. It's very curious how that all works, because it comes out in Japan, then people will, of course, export it over to other places. Crunchyroll has it, and they're selling it in October. Other places have it for September, so it's interesting to see the different dates it's coming out uh, to just the West and stuff, depending on who's grabbing it. If I'm lucky, maybe I'll be able to get it at San Diego Comic-Con, because the Good Small Company does attend that con. But I don't know if it'll be too early or not. We'll see, but hopefully I do, because shipping from Japan is kind of expensive. One more thing I want to talk about before we talk about today's episode, and that is... I want to recommend at Arcade Healer. They are they draw a lot of really cute Kirby fan art, and they sell them as stickers and pins on their Etsy. And they also do a lot of Nintendo stuff as well, but oh my god, the Kirby stuff is so cute. So I just want to recommend them. I like recommending Twitters that just make great Kirby stuff, and that's one of them. So check them out. So today's episode is on Kirby Right Back At you, episode 11, The Big Taste Test, or in the Japanese title called Court Chef Kawasaki. That's right, it's a Chef Kawasaki episode. And since it's about him, let's talk about Chef Kawasaki and his voice actors. Chef Kawasaki, he looks like this big egg-shaped orange mass with red shoes, because everyone's got red shoes, and orange arms. He's like, he's just like a big chicken nugget. That's what he is with chicken nugget arms. That's the best way to describe him now I think about it. He's got a chef toque on his head, and he's got an apron on him, and he always carries a frying pan usually. And he's just a guy who owns a restaurant in Town. In the games, he's been an enemy since Kirby Superstar. And eventually he's made into an ally, so he's always been a sub-boss that you fight, and you can turn him into an ally. In Kirby Superstar, I don't think you could turn him into an ally then. In Star Allies, you can. I'm not actually sure which game you could, and I could not find information on that, like when you could actually make an ally out of him. But Star Allies, he definitely is an ally there. Now, the cook ability was introduced with him as well, so Superstar is the first time Kirby got the cook ability. And it's always been used to just turn everything on screen into something Kirby cooks in a pot and then eats up later. And this, of course, became Final Smash in Smash Brothers, and the newest one is from Kirby's Return to Dreamland. That's the newest one that he has a Final Smash from. But in older ones, it was Cook Kirby. One more thing I really need to note about Kirby's power is that in Kirby's Star Allies, oh my god, if you turn off the music and put like the sound effects really high, when Kirby cooks, he's actually humming his victory dance songs. He goes, but he's humming it while cooking. And it is the cutest thing. It is the cutest thing. Oh my god, is it so cute. It's, it's too much. It is too much. <laughs> so Chef Kawasaki's voice actor in Japanese is Nobu Tobita. And they also voice Kain, Kabu, and like a dozen other characters in the show for the Japanese version. So holy crap with that. Aside from that, you might recognize him as Ebisu from Naruto, the narrator in Bleach, and a couple other characters. And if you watch One Piece in Japanese, they're the voice of Peckhams. That's the stuffed lion guy who was there for, um, he's there for some of the Big Mom arc. And for the English version, they're voiced by Maddie Blaustein, who was also the voice of Waddle Doo, and they voiced Meowth in Pokemon. So 
They've been around back in the day in four kids. So now let's start the episode proper. So the episode starts with Escargoon rushing out of the castle to a rampart while crying out for King Dedede. He's really excited for some reason, and he almost actually runs off the castle in his excitement. He finds King Dedede laying back in sunbathe. Escargoon gives him a letter, and it says Chef Shitake wants to come to Dreamland. King Dedede reads it, and he's like, okay, I don't know anything about this guy. And Escargoon explains who it is. There's a famous chef. He owns his own book. He has his own show. He's an infomercial. He's been going across the universe just being a food critic, and he's coming to the castle for their food. So King Dedede freaks out. He's like, wait, what? He's coming here? Well, then we won't have a good review. So he orders Escargoon to cook something up. But Escargoon doesn't know how to cook. So King Dedede actually grabs Escargoon and throws him into the air and starts thinking of what they can do to make things work out. Escargoon lands on King Dedede, and King Dedede looks back at him from the ground with an evil grin. So then the opener happens. So when I saw the evil grin happen right there, I figured King Dedede was plotting to cook Kirby right from the start. But I was wrong. The evil smile he made at Escargoon, we see why after the opener ends, and that is, we cut to the two of them having a duel to the death. King Dedede's got a frying pan in his hand, and he's swinging at Escargoon, and Escargoon is deflecting his attacks using a freaking ladle, and he's just fighting back. Eventually, he puts down the ladle and grabs a lid from a barrel and hits King Dedede with it and throws it at him and runs for his life screaming. Unfortunately for Escargoon, King Dedede catches up to him and closes the door in front of him, and now Escargoon is trapped. Escargoon protests that he's bitter tasting. He will not taste very good, but King Dedede is convinced that cooking Escargoon will work out, and that Escargoon should be honored to die for his king. So King Dedede goes for the final blow, but Escargoon throws pepper at King Dedede and makes him sneeze. And Escargoon, of course, makes a joke, and that joke is... Assault with pepper. <laughs> yup. <laughs> After some more chasing, Escargoon eventually convinces King Dedede that he doesn't know how to cook, so he'd fail as well. King Dedede realizes he's right and considers who to hire. So we cut to Chef Kawasaki's restaurant, and he's welcoming Tiff's family to the restaurant because they haven't been there in years. And we're about to see why. Chef Kawasaki makes them food, and yet nobody likes it. It looks good to me, but nobody likes the food. Like, it just it's just the hot pot kind of setup there. Everyone gets the food they want to eat, and they try it out. And we get everyone just not happy with it. Lady Like says that once you've had his wonton soup, you don't want any more. Cerebrum says the salad is bad, that it's called roughage, but it's too rough. And we're just getting multiple burns from the family for this scene. They just keep burning Kawasaki over and over and over again. Tough notes that there's no one else at the restaurant. Just a lot of just everyone burning the chef. Eventually, Chef Kawasaki looks at his frying pan in despair. And Tuff notices this and asks about the pan. Apparently, it's a special pan that Chef Kawasaki got from his master. In the American version... The master took one bite of his food and hit him with it, and that's what makes it special to Chef Kawasaki? In the Japanese version, though, Chef Kawasaki actually passed his test, and it was given to him by his master. That's it. So it's interesting to see the difference here, in that Japanese version is he's a competent chef, but in the English version, he's actually a very incompetent chef. And it gets weird with that, because we've seen his restaurant be full of people before. It's a really odd inconsistency, and you get why it happened here, so they're making it that Chef Kawasaki is a bad chef so that we can have jokes about that at his expense because of whoever's writing the episode. And you get that with, I guess, a kid's kid show. They're not going to be as consistent as they could be. A great show tries to be consistent throughout. This one doesn't even try to be consistent here. They sacrifice consistency for a situation for an episode. And that's too bad because in later episodes, we're going to see Chef Kawasaki just making a lot of dishes and people really liking it. And even Tiff's family liking it. So it's very odd to have this episode like this, but sometimes that's how it is. So everyone hates his food. Except 
Kirby. So, though, after he says, you know, he went to chef school, Tiff has her burn as well, and her burn is, someone taught you to cook like this? But Kirby's liking the food. He eats his food, he eats Tiff's food, he eats Tuff's food, he eats everyone's food. He's just loving the food, and it's very cute. It's extremely cute just seeing Kirby enjoy the food. That's always Kirby. Kirby's very cute, very much loves food. Just always a chipper little boy, and it's just great to look at him every time when he does this. But after all that happens, King Dedede shows up, and he calls Chef Kawasaki, Chef Kawayaki. And he never calls him Kawasaki at any point, he always calls him Kawayaki. And he says he's now his royal chef. This makes Kawasaki faint, because now he's a royal chef, which is something he's always wanted to be. A royal chef has got to be a high rank, so he wants that, and he gets it. And then we see him cook for King Dedede with an army of Waddle D chefs. The Waddles bring in food and run out, and some are doing trumpets and cleaning up and things like that, and King Dedede eats the food. And he says so many things about it. He says it's awful, terrible, rancid. He just says a bunch of things. Well, we get this, the camera zooming in on Chef Kawasaki, just looking more and more stressed out by situation. Eventually, King Dedede has one more thing and just yells, treason. He just calls the food treason. It's just so bad, and he's just so mad about it. And even Escargoon's eating the food, and he's like, I know this was cooked, but this is, tastes like he's eating the sh a couch cushion. It's like, holy crap. Chef Kawasaki's apparently really bad at cooking in this episode. And then King Dedede yells they can't serve any of this food to Chef Shiitake, and that gets Chef Kawasaki very flustered, because he asks, wait, you mean the Master Chef? Escargoon says, no, the mushroom. Of course the Master Chef! And this, unsurprisingly, of course, is Chef Kawasaki's master. Now, you got that that was going to be significant when they mentioned the frying pan and that he got it from his master. You knew dang well the master was going to be Chef Shiitake. And so, big surprise, there it is. And now Chef Kawasaki's freaking out and he runs back to the kitchen. He's got to figure out what the heck he's going to make for the master. During all this, Tiff, Tuff, and Kirby are actually watching King Didi eat all this food and they're laughing because, of course, King Didi is having an awful time. But I think Kirby's watching because he actually wants to eat the food because it's Kirby. Kirby likes food. So King Dedede and Escargoon realize that this isn't going to work out. And so King Dedede tells Escargoon to go get good ingredients, but Escargoon's like, we don't have any here. And so they realize, why don't they call Nightmare Enterprises to order some? That's a curious thought, because these guys sell monsters. And this is what happens. They call up the salesman, and he's confused, but he sends them a cookbook by Chef Shiitake. King Dedede's like, I don't want a cookbook, I want, a, I want ingredients. But he's like, no, go to this specific page, and it'll work out for you. It's like, okay. And so King Dedede goes to that specific page, and it's this cute little green ball, and it's called a Z-Bon. And apparently this is an ingredient that Chef Shiitake has been looking for for all his life, because it's apparently really, really good. We next see Chef Kawasaki in a library, searching through cookbooks and finding no good recipes. He's just throwing books everywhere, and he can't find what he wants. He actually makes a joke that these books just rehash the same old hash. So he's really gloomy and just doesn't know what to do, and King Dedede sneaks in a cookbook, and Chef Kawasaki sees it, and he sees it's from his master, and he looks through it, and he sees... Zebon, But, the cute little green ball has been replaced with a picture of Kirby. Because of course it has. Chef Kawasaki concludes that he must kill Kirby and cook him. So that's the plan now. We see Escargoon and King Dedede giggle because they see it's worked out. So, King Dedede now has two things going on for him right now. He's going to get Kirby killed, and he's going to get a good review from Chef Shiitake somehow. He doesn't know how much, how good Kirby tastes or doesn't taste. But he'll take killing Kirby, because Kirby's more important to kill than getting a good review at this point, I guess. He's working with what he's got. I really figured he was going to summon a cooking monster, but nope, that's not what happened here. Instead, he got that cookbook. Very weird. With the plan to kill Kirby in motion, they cut to Kirby playing kickball with the other kids. 
And so they're kicking a ball and running after the ball, and Kirby actually trips and falls forward and rolls and bounces the ball out of the way, and Kirby gets kicked by Tuff, because he, he was going for the ball to get the kick, and Kirby gets kicked into the air. It is both funny and horrifying, because one, dang, Kirby can get launched, and two, oh my god, he got launched into the air. Eventually, Kirby lands on his head, and he just he's just fine. And he's taken no damage, so it shows just how much damage Kirby can take. And Tuff says, nice landing, and Kirby cutely responds. What I like about the show is we get a lot of just cute Kirby stuff, and we also get a lot of badass Kirby stuff. And there's good comedy here and there. And I, I just like four kids because they give you so much groan-inducing jokes. And there's still more to come, by the way. I can't wait to say some of them. So Chef Kawasaki shows up, and he's like, hey, can I have Kirby help me out? And they're like, why do you need Kirby? And he's like, well, because Kirby would be great in the kitchen, because he has good taste. Yep. <laughs> he also says he knows he can count on Kirby to spice things up. Oh my god. I, I love the dialogue of this show. And so it was like, alright, Kirby volunteers to help out because Kirby is Kirby likes to help. And he takes Kirby with him. And King Didi and Escargoon, of course, are watching and they're laughing because their plan's coming together. Now we're going to have a fun scene in the kitchen. And it opens up with a cute shot of Kirby figuring out how to, and then balancing... Spinning plates with spoons. It's just a random thing. Kirby's like, okay, and then he just got it. And he's spinning plates with spoons, just having fun doing that, and Kirby's not really being helpful just yet. But hey, it's fun seeing Kirby do that. Chef Kawasaki then convinces Kirby to take a nice hot bath in a boiling pot. So, uh, uh-oh with that situation. And Kirby just cutely enjoys himself in the boiling water. This certainly gives us some idea of how tough Kirby's body is, since this is boiling hot water, which burns humans horribly. But Kirby's just enjoying it, and it's just very cute. But during all this, again, Tiff and Tuff are watching through a crack in the doorway. And they're extremely confused by the situation. They're finding it a little creepy, actually. But after that, Chef Kawasaki offers to give Kirby a massage. And the little boy, who doesn't understand what's going on, he's just like, yeah, okay. Because to him, Chef Kawasaki's just being nicer than normal. That's all it is. Everyone's usually nice to Kirby, except King Dedede. And so, he's like, alright, so he's just gonna give me a massage, that's gonna be cool. And so Kirby happily hops onto a chopping board. Here we see Chef Kawasaki massage Kirby from the back, put spices on him, then roll him over and massage him on the front. He's making sure he gets a good coat of spices on him. And the kids are just so confused. But what's basically going on here, if you know what cooking, he's basically kind of tenderizing and preparing Kirby's meat for cooking. He's just rubbing him around to make that ready for it. And then Kirby falls asleep from all the rubbing. And Chef Kawasaki says he looks cute enough to eat. Because of course that's what he said. And we get the shot of Chef Kawasaki looming over Kirby with a club in one hand. It's not even a, a, a rolling pin. It's not even that. It's an actual club in one hand. And he's ready to bash Kirby in. And he says, goodbye, Kirby, and goes to bash him. But right when that happens, Tiff and Tuff jump in like, no, what the heck are you doing? Like, Kirby's the hero of the town. He saved the town so many times. How can you betray him like this? And Chef Kawasaki's like, he has to. Like, he wants to make his master proud. He can't relent. So he kicks the kids out and locks the door. And he goes back to go kill Kirby. And Tiff thinks of someone to help them and runs off to get them. You can tell who that's going to be, obviously. But that's what she's doing. We next cut to King Dedede and Escargoon watching a helicopter land. And out comes Chef Shiitake. Which is a weird-looking dude. Like, he's a little round brown guy. He's got, like, he's got, like, really just stubby legs. And he's got arms, like, his body's just brown, and then he's got a thick mustache, and thick eyebrows, and he's got a toque on his hat, the chef hat. And he's just there to eat. And they're like, alright, well, uh, fancy and all that. Cut to the dining room, 
and Chef Escargoon brings him food, and the first thing is like the salad appetizer thing, and he's like, Chef Kawasaki spent 10 to 11 hours making it, so he's like, alright, and he takes a bite, and he spits it out, and he insults it a bunch, and he says, it's not bad. <laughs> he's like, this is awful, it's rancid, and all these things, and he says, but not bad. And he can't wait for the next dish. He's like, why would he not, why would he wait for another dish after that? Jeez. But he waits for another dish, and King Dedede and Esker can guarantee that the main course will be great. They actually make amazing dad jokes. Oh my god. King Dedede says he'll love the piece de resistance, and Escargoon says, I bet you won't resist it. Oh my god. Oh my god, I love the terrible dialogue from these guys. Like, it's on purpose. This is a craft. Making these bad dad jokes is a craft, and somebody on staff knows how to do it very well. We cut back to the kitchen door getting cut down by Meta Knight, because of course it's Meta Knight who she got, but it's too late. Chef Kawasaki and Kirby are nowhere to be seen. They've escaped through a back door. While Tiff and Tuff chase after, Meta Knight finds the cookbook and removes the sticker that put Kirby on Z-Bone. And he reads the back and sees that it's from Nightmare Enterprises. He's like, hmm, that's not good, because of course it's not. Now we're back at the dining room again, and this time Chef Kawasaki's there, and he brings in a dish. It's got the, it's got the metal dish, and then he's got a cover on it, and he brings that in. The kids show up, and King Didi reveals what it is, and it's Kirby with his eyes closed, laying in veggies. And it's a nice-looking dish there. And funeral music plays. Yup. King Didi and Eskagoon are very happy about this. Chef Kawasaki looks extremely stressed. The kids don't look happy about it, because of course they're not. And... Then the camera lingers on the dead Kirby. It stays there for a while, until Kirby opens his eyes and stands up, and starts looking around because he's incredibly confused. I was napping a second ago, and now this is happening. By the way, I forgot to mention, they did three different cuts of sleeping Kirby during the Chef Kawasaki argument with Tiff and Tuff, when he was going to kill him, and each one is incredibly cute, oh my god. But we see now Kirby's woken up, and he's looking around confused. King Dedede says, hey, I ordered the food rare, not raw. And Chef Shiitake says this is unusually undercooked, but he'll do his job and take a bite. And he moves to cut into Kirby using a fork and a knife. And it is an amazing shot, because Kirby's just confused, and he looks at the camera with a fork and knife aimed at him. And it's just a heck of a shot right there. I like that shot a lot. But Chef Kawasaki can't let it happen. He snaps out of it, runs over, and flips the dish off the table. Surprising Chef Shiitake. Kirby actually falls off and lands on his head dumbfounded, but unharmed because Kirby can take some damage. Chef Kawasaki says that he wanted to make his master proud, but he couldn't cook the Z-Bon. So Chef Shiitake calls him a terrible chef and tells him to take his grease pot and get out of there while he handles Kirby. So here's the thing. Just then, Chef Kawasaki realizes the truth. And this surprised me because I, I didn't get this part of the plan. I, I just didn't see it coming and my bad on that because it should have been obvious. Chef Kawasaki realizes not his master because he would not call a frying pan a grease pot and calls him out on it. And this is because, explained by Meta Knight, that, with Mexican guitar in tow, by the way, that it's actually a monster from Nightmare Enterprises, and they tricked King DDD into tricking Chef Kawasaki into thinking Kirby was a Z-Bon. What was that? Impasta! The master would never, ever call this frying pan a filthy grease pot! This is no chef. This is a monster sent by Nightmare Enterprises. And DDD tricked Kawasaki into thinking Kirby was made of Z-Bond. What's that, you say? So there's this deep plan from Nightmare Enterprises. And the monster, of course, reveals itself. And that monster is Popon! Which I'll explain what that is in a second. But I want to tell you about the plan here. Instead of just waiting for King DDD to just order like a monster and give him a cooking monster or something like that, or whatever other play, they, they did this deep plan. They bring in... 
a fake version of a super famous chef, knowing that Chef Kawasaki is the student of that guy, knowing that maybe through him and this cookbook, they can convince him to kill Kirby because he's an ally of Kirby. And it's just like, just a lot of deviousness here. And they knew that King Dedede would somehow have the idea that to make the Z-Bon be Kirby, because it looks a bit like Kirby, except it's green, doesn't have arms. It's, it's a very complicated plan, and it worked perfectly for them. And I just didn't see it coming because it's just too damn complicated. I figured when he goes for the ingredients, they just give him a, a monster instead of going for ingredients, but instead I cookbook. It's just, I, I figured this would happen, but it doesn't, and this would happen, but it doesn't. But there's only one thing I get right, and that's with the frying pan and the master, but also another thing with the frying pan that's coming up. But it, it did three things. The frying pan was there so that you get the guess that that's his master. That would be a clue to him not being actually his master when the monster says, get, get rid of that grease pot. And then there's going to be a third thing coming up where I knew that was going to be significant for it. And of course, that's going to be cooking Kirby coming up in a second. So... All this happens. The monster's revealed. It's Popon, and I'll tell you what Popon is now. Popon is this big green monster. It's like a big, like, caterpillar cactus thing. That's the best way to put it is, you've seen the cactus from Mario Brothers? Like, it's this big cactus with, like, four balls, but this guy's, like, five or six big balls. He's a giant. And he's actually an enemy from Kirby's Dream Land 3. So it's cool to see something from Dream Land 3 here, because we usually only see, like, as far as Dream Land 2. But we see Dream Land 3 here... It's an enemy from that, and we don't see him ever again in the games until Star Allies. That's how long it's been. Dreamland 3 and Star Allies is the only time Popon has shown up. And in the English version, this monster doesn't talk, but in the Japanese version, he does. And Mad Knight, of course, is the one to tell them it's Popon. Like, he tells them the name, he explains everything. Mad Knight knows a lot. It's really surprising when he shows up and knows everything. He's like, how did he learn all these things? And yet he does. As far as I know, it's not explained. It's just, you just rely on the fact he's got all this experience. And he just knows it and just remembers it, I guess. Chef Kawasaki is understandably outraged by the impersonation of his master and jumps to attack, but gets slapped down like nothing by Popon, and he drops his frying pan. Then Popon starts throwing its headball at them. So it throws the headball and regenerates a new one, and just keeps throwing them. And these balls dissolve into, like, a burning acid or just, like, just fry oil or something. King Dedede yells at it to stop wrecking his castle, and it attacks him too. So it's got no allies here. It's here to kill everybody. By the way, in the Japanese version, they wonder if they have to pay for Nightmare Enterprises for this monster, by the way, because they're not sure, <laughs> which is a joke I wish they kept. It was like, oh, geez, yeah. Tiff figures that Kirby can't suck up the monster, but Chef Kawasaki figures that maybe Kirby could suck up the frying pan and use that to fight it, and there it is. So Chef Kawasaki runs out to get the frying pan. Popon goes to attack him, but Meta Knight runs in and cuts Popon to pieces. Everyone celebrates. Tiff, Tuff, and Kirby are all really happy to see Meta Knight win the fight. But then Popon puts itself back together. And now Meta Knight mentions that, oh yeah, it can regenerate. Oh, that's, that's just great. So then Chef Kawasaki, he's now got to the frying pan, throws it at Kirby, and Kirby th sucks it up and becomes Little Cook Kirby. So now we got Cooking Kirby, and this animation for his transformation is pretty cute. In this one, he gets his hat, and then the frying pan flies and hits him right in the face, and he pulls off his face, and he starts looking cool with it. Like, it's funny seeing that. Like, I haven't described all the powers. Like, when it came to Sword Kirby, I didn't describe it, where... Kirby shows up, his hat gets on his head, and it starts spinning around, hits him in the face, and then he gets his sword. Some of them are pretty funny, some of them are just him transforming, and that's one of them. So now Popon throws its heads at Kirby to attack him, over and over, and Kirby hits them back like he's playing tennis. Tiff is surprised by the attacks from Kirby, while Meta Knight says Kirby has a smoking top spin backhand. 
Popon changes tactics and starts ramming itself at Kirby, and Kirby dodges and runs while Popon destroys stone pillars while chasing. It's a pretty cool thing just seeing all this action going on here. But eventually Kirby gets away and Popon starts firing its heads at Kirby again. But Kirby's hitting them back again and again, but finally Kirby gets overwhelmed by too many balls, and one bounces off Kirby, and it almost melts, just almost horribly melts and destroys Escargoon and King Dedede. It barely misses them. So Popon gets in closer to crush Kirby. But then, Chef Kawasaki runs in with a, and throws a sack of flour on Popon. With Popon distracted, Kirby capitalizes and runs up to it while turning the frying pan into a giant frying pan and throws it at Popon. Now this is where it gets insane. Yeah, that's right. This is where it gets insane. The frying pan breaks out of the castle and flies into space and takes Popon all the way to the sun, circles around, and comes back. And Popon has been deep fried. Yep, that's right. It is a fried Popon. Holy crap. King Dedede looks at it and decides he's going to take a bite out of it. Escargoon warns it's probably fattening. He shouldn't, but King Dedede takes a bite and goes, Oh, this is really good. In fact, it's so good, he makes Kirby the royal chef. He takes off Kawasaki's badge and his toque and puts it both on Kirby. And Chef Kawasaki's like, What about me? And he says, You're the royal dishwasher now. Chef Kawasaki falls back and cries while Kirby sees the royal badge and jumps happily. And that's the end. Like, this episode was quite the thing. We, go, we see the setup for all the cooking, and then just Kirby having fun and everything. And then the cooking happens, and then a big monster fight, and Kirby epically destroys the monster. And then it's the end. It's a quite the journey some of these episodes really are. They just happen so fast. So, Popon is the first monster in the show to come in in disguise. This is episode 11. And he won't be the last. This is actually not the only monster Kirby's going to kill by using the sun, by the way. That surprised me. Oh my god, we're going to see another sun kill in the future. Another surprise is this is only one of four monsters that will not explode when defeated. That means Kirby blows up a lot of monsters in this show, and we see him cut them in half a lot as well. We are also going to see Chef Shitake someday in the future, so look out for that. King Dedede is actually able to read in this episode, but in another episode later, he will mention that he's actually illiterate, so that's another inconsistency there. Chef Kawasaki in the Japanese version is apparently a capable chef, but he skipped home at class, which is why he's got bad fundamentals. While in the English version, he's just bad, as we see. And the last one to mention is the cookbook by Chef Shitake is a cookbook by him, and it's a cookbook of actually just ingredients that he's looking across the universe for, and the Z-Bond's just the most important one he's never found. And the Nightmare Enterprises version is a modified version of that book. So it is his book, just with Nightmare Enterprises uh, giving them a different version of it. And that is it for this episode of the Kirby's Dreamcast. Next episode will be episode 12, which is going to deal with ghosts. Oh, that's, it's a really good episode. Oh my god. Episode 12 is really, really good. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about that episode. It's such a fun one. But that right there, of course, is the episode. As always, you can find us on YouTube and on Podbean. The big difference between YouTube and Podbean is, of course, you get some visuals on the YouTube version. I try my best to describe everything so you can, of course, listen to it, because that is what a podcast is, listening. And we'll have it on other places eventually in the future. Again, if you'd like, you can check us out on Twitter and for the updates and also to talk with us and maybe even give feedback if you have any. We're going to be doing this for years, so it'd be great to have feedback, see what we can do better, where we're lacking and stuff like that, just to make it a better podcast, because I love Kirby and I want people to just enjoy talking about Kirby and listening about Kirby and all that stuff. Kirby's just awesome, so we're going to be doing this for a long time. But that right there is the podcast. I had fun talking, and I hope you had fun listening and maybe watching, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. (laughs) 